Episode 8 Ball of the Too Thick Pod, your home for all things sports, cards, and levity. I'm Jeremy, as joined as usual by Manny and Courtney. We have a special guest. There was a reference in there. I'm hoping somebody picked up on it. <laughs> yes. I'm curious in the comments if people were going to pick up on that because you've been talking about this situation, this particular thing that came out this week uh, for probably like five months now. But we do have a special guest. We have Dennis. He it runs, he owns a car, a hobby store, I should say, Avery's Shoebox, and he runs a show every month in Lansing at the Lansing Mall. Welcome, Dennis. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. No, Dennis, thank you for allowing us to be in Lansing at what is starting to become one of my favorite shows, the setup the way people are treated, the amenities of having it inside a mall, which I was, I had said a while back ago that the thought of going to a card show at a mall always seemed off to me until the first time I went there. And I'm like, wow, there's, there's bathrooms readily available. There's ATMs, there's food, there's drink, there's the whole shebang. And then now we've set up a couple of times. We've just had an incredible, incredible experience. I think we had over 155 tables yesterday, which is absolutely nuts. Yeah. It's definitely good. I mean, it's kind of an old school vibe, you know, because all the shows used to be in the mall back in the 90s. And I used to go to them all the time. And now I'm lucky enough to have a shop inside the mall. And it just makes sense to, you know, try and bring some nostalgia back into the hobby and get a bunch of people in there and, you know, give them what they're used to. It's so funny that he said that it seems like an old school vibe because your show compared to a lot of shows that we typically go to seems very fresh and a lot of the people setting up are young and a lot of the people you see wandering around and you know perusing the vendor space are young people so and I get it it does have like that nostalgic vibe to it with the mall uh the mall show but your show is very well done and I wouldn't say that it like it's so cool I've from the first time we walked it and then I hadn't been back out there for like a, like a few months to this time when we set up, I, the, the growth in the show is incredible too. Well, there's a lot of awesome people that I'm fortunate to know and they're willing to help out. And all three of you guys are included in that. And, you know, people share it around, people hear about it. We obviously do what we can with advertising and, and whatnot. But, I mean, we have people come from Detroit and Chicago and Fort Wayne. And, you know, uh, Gene comes from Canton every other month. And we've had guys come from Atlanta and Louisville. And they just come from everywhere because you want to go to a show that has good people that have a good selection of stuff that are willing to make deals that, you know, treat people right and aren't all salty and you know that's definitely what we try to provide so I know the last time uh maybe it was a couple shows ago and I went over and I told you that you had a group of guys who came in from Louisville and they took eight tables ten tables and they were buying from everybody and I just remember thinking how fresh that was for people who were there, for the kids who were trying to get liquid, for the people who need to sell something, it kept the, the cash flowing and it kept things moving at the show. One thing that Courtney recognized when she was out at Burbank um, a few weeks ago was they had people set up just buying. So on any given day, even if you were out of cash, you could go flip some cards, get some money and be right back in the game. And so I think having a nice selection of, of vendors and dealers who are willing to work, buy, sell, trade up and down. I think makes for a, a great experience. Absolutely. Ajax put, saw Austin put it's it's every month. So it is every month. You try to do your show um the last weekend, right? Or is it it's this last weekend of every month, correct? Fourth Saturday Four. of every month. Okay, so the fourth Saturday. And he he's from the Kalamazoo area. He goes to the Kalamazoo ship Shawana. So he wants some fresh items and I do want to speak on that because every we've been going – well, personally, I've been going to the Lansing show since um, it was in 
prior to the TJ Maxx, remember when it was in that old TJ Maxx and then before was into that uh, card store that had like 25 tables. So it expanded from there. But every month there's new cards. You, I had people that usually just hang out on the West side of Michigan, come to our, come to the Lansing show and said, you know, there's so many like Pokemon dealers here that I haven't like, that's, this is the most Pokemon dealers I've seen. And they're, they're, they're always at the West car shows and they say no one has Pokemon. So if you're interested, even in non-sports like TCG stuff, there's a ton of it at this show. There was a lot. I was shocked because usually, so I collect stranger things cards and um, I know I like to look at some of the non-sports cards. Obviously we were ripping non-sports cards at this show and I walked around, there were people with Stranger Things cards, there were people with the new Star Wars cards, there were people with, you know, Dragon Ball, Magic the Gathering, Pokemon. So it was like a wide range of just, you know, not not only sports cards. There was tons of sports cards, don't get me wrong, tons and tons of sports cards. But there was a huge mix, and comic books, I saw a lot of comic books too. And I just, at local card shows, you don't see that a lot. So it was cool. And Dennis, let's asked, not forget the let's not forget the Funko Pops too. I was just saying, oh my God, were there Funko Pops there's everywhere? So many Funko Pops. <laughs> you walk into your store. There, I asked you when I got there. I was like, you're cornering the market of Funko Pops because they're just everywhere, and it's it's nice to see. I bet those sell really well with some of the collectors there. Funko Pops are killing it for sure. Mm-hmm. And I mean. I collect all kinds of different stuff. You know, I like Funko Pops. I played Magic the Gathering when it first came out. I like Pokemon and all that. And I want all the people in my area or wherever that, you know, hey, if, well, I don't really do much in sports cards or I only collect Pokemon or I only do Funko or I do whatever. There's 155 dealers that are there there's 20 or 30 of them that have the kind of stuff that you collect no matter what it is. And you can come out, you can have a good time. You can meet some new people. You know, I didn't know any of you guys six months ago, really. I mean, I knew the name and I knew your faces, but you know, we started talking, we realized we have a lot in common. We have common interests and have the same philosophy on a lot of things. And you know, you guys are great. And that all happened because of the card show. You know, I've met most of my best friends in life going to card shows. So just because you might think it might not be there, there's a lot more to offer at every card show than just cards. 110%. I remember Dennis and I were standing there and he looked at me and he goes, you know what, Jeremy, you're absolutely fucking beautiful for a man. And I said, you know what? I said, you are, you are, you are too, man. Yeah, exactly. And I said, you know what? I I might have a point on you in the looks department, but you've got a few points on me in the intelligence department. And it was like, we just started vibing. And next thing you know, we brought my, my kid Manny along. And then me and Dennis are both fond of, of intelligent, beautiful women. Then Courtney's involved. The next thing you know, we're, uh, we're in Lansing on a monthly basis, taking over the world. (laughs) Jerry often speaks about how, um cards are fun we collect them but uh the relationships that we've developed within the space are worth more than the cards even are and i agree with you some of our very best friends now are hobby related friends that we met through collecting do we even have non-hobby related friends Hmm. Uh, i think they're just our family members just family psychopaths people that aren't into cards exactly (laughs) who doesn't like cards (laughs) <laughs> no Even if you don't so, like cards man you should you have to respect the hustle mm-hmm. like you know i spent a hundred dollars i bought this card i sold it for two hundred dollars like how can you not get behind that mm-hmm. blows my know. mind there's the, 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 the there's a couple kids at your show that i love i see them every month and jeremy and i were talking about it it seems <laughs> like there's a couple kids that save up on their allowance, their monthly allowance. And they'll come with like four or five cards. And at the end of the show, they'll come back to us and say, look what my case looks like now. And it's just full of cards. And I'm like, I need you to teach me what you're doing because you're killing the game right now. 
there's two kids that come to that show every month mm -hmm. and they come to my table and back when we were in TJ Maxx and I watched this kid take like a $10 Jonathan Taylor and he came back to me at the end of the show with a Kobe auto and like a one-on-one John Elway patch auto and all that stuff. And I'm like, look, dude, you need to stop doing everything else that you're doing and do this. Yes. Like you have a gift. <laughs> and if you want to come to the show, I'll start you off with a hundred dollar card instead of a ten dollar card, and you can bring me back a honus by the end of this thing. <laughs> kid, kid has the most rare card ever, and he's just like, Yeah, I just traded this for like you know. Right. Yeah, I traded like a, in like my pack. <laughs> And here's the thing: you could you could arm Manny with five thousand dollars and three beautiful slabs, and he'll finish the day with twelve bucks and an empty twenty ounce of Mountain Dew. Exactly. Yeah. Right. That's messed up. But I had a good time. I had a good time doing That's it. That's because he took That's his five thousand dollars. He's also got four empty kid. pizza boxes and a half eaten box of donuts. But <laughs> That's you, know. <laughs> and then you see that kid? He's like, "Hey, where, where'd you get your card?" He's like, "I don't know." That guy with like crying with the pizza box over there. Exactly. He, just, he just traded it to me for this like pack of you know tops baseball from 93 i don't know why he did that <laughs> somewhere there's some dad sitting with his arm around his kid like just you see that guy in the upper right hand corner man don't be him don't be him son <laughs> well I, i'll tell you what dennis when i see kids with zion cases i walk away and they laugh about it but I, they intimidate me kids yeah. kids with the cases intimidate me there's a I lot of those him. kids man a lot and they, you know, Matt and JoJo and Brody and a lot of the other kids that come to the show that started out as those kids. And now those kids have more money than all of us put together and they show up and they buy and they they're exceedingly intelligent kids and they know what time it is. Their pulse of the hobby is great. They're they've got all their shit together and. There's 50 of those kids that come to the show. There's so many. There's they're everywhere. And they they're all cool to deal with. They're respectful. You know, hey, if if you want to make some money, I'm a buyer at 500 bucks. Mm -hmm. But the last comp is 585 and that's a fair price and you're priced at 1100. Like, you know, if you want to make some money today, I'm your guy. Mm -hmm. And there's plenty of guys there that are willing to make deals and and make a concession to make a good sale. And, you know, the guys that aren't, you know. I think those guys those are, are usually the off. guys that rotate out and we get new guys. Yeah. Yep. I agree because, like, everything – like, we had a dealer next to us, new card shop owner in Mount Pleasant. <laughs> um, I forgot their name of – but they were, it was their first time setting up. And uh, they didn't know any card shows in Michigan. This is yep. kind of pops to you about your marketing because they were like, this is the only one I really know. And this is a great show. They're like, is it like this every time? Because we sold out. There's this, they're like, there's this kid from YouTube that was there just wiped out one of our whole showcases. Was that the guys with the Pokemon to our right? If you were facing like if you're facing kitty corner for okay. a month. Yeah, the they, guys next to us, were, the whole time we're having, like, it was like a party at their table. <laughs> I loved the energy. They were just, like, so hyped. Every time someone would show them a card, they'd, like, yeah! Like, it was the greatest card they ever saw. I'm yep, like, yep. this is the energy. This is what I am here for. It was mm -hmm. it was fun. Mm -hmm. It, it kind of reminds it was, me. It was truly, a, a, like, it was a vibe. Everywhere you went, it was a vibe. People were in a good mood. And I, I, I think like what Dennis said too, that is catching is like the people who don't adjust to the market and, you know, price things fairly or have a little bit of showmanship or willing to engage with people eventually are going to just either stop coming of their own accord or <laughs> probably be asked to not come back. Mm -hmm. I haven't done that yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like how he said, yeah, like I'm not, it's not that I'm not willing. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> it's in go. there. Trust me. It's got to go. <laughs> I've, I've dropped the hammer on a lot of people before, but never yeah. at the show. That's awesome. That doesn't surprise so, me about somebody, you. 
that puts on shows, what do you look for in a vendor? Let's say somebody, let's say Austin or Will or one of these guys that are listening in, Evan, want to set up. What do you look for in somebody to be a vendor that can provi- you know, provide value to the show? I mean, I like to know what kind of stuff you have, you know, and a lot of people ask me, well, what does it take to be successful at the show? Which is a great question and one that everybody should ask. And the Lansing show for the most part is a mid tier market. You know, if you have 20 to $200 cards and they're priced accordingly and they're priced fairly, you're going to have a great show period. You know, if you fill up your showcase with, you know, PSA 10 Jordan rookies, you know, you're going to get a lot of oohs and ahs and your table is going to be full, but your pockets are going to be empty because nobody's dropping 200 grand at that show. But there's also a bunch of dollar box guys. There's $5 bargain bin guys. You know, there's the high end kids like Matt and Jojo and Brody and all that stuff that will buy the three, four, five thousand dollar cards. But you have to have your stuff priced accordingly. Mm-hmm. And that's just the number one rule. No one is overpaying for sports cards right now. The market is down. It's not. Well, I think Zion's going to come back and he's going to do great. Okay, no one's saying that right now. They're just like, I'll buy it, but I'm buying it at my price. It reminds me of like the rainbow SpongeBob. Nobody cares what you think about Zion. <laughs> right. Hey, there's your next meme. Right there. <laughs> yeah. I like what you said, how you like you're looking at you want to know what they have, right? The type of cards they have and the kind of person they are to come to your show to be a dealer. Because there's yeah, I mean cards. I've talked to all of them. Yeah. yeah. And it's important that you know you have a good attitude towards the hobby, towards people, you know, how you're sending messages, you know, how you're responding to messages how you just interact as a person and Mm -hmm. you know 95 percent of the dealers that we have i think are i mean truly awesome Mm -hmm. you know four percent of them are you know eh, they're all right it just depends and then there's always the one percenter Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) the one percent that doesn't come back they'll rotate they'll come not usually no yeah (laughs) no no, I, gonna, I do. They're going to be salty no matter what. <laughs> exactly. Can't make everyone happy, right? You're not ice cream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. We had a dealer. I had a dealer interaction. This is my first one, not at your show, but at a different show. Um, he was he had, he was selling a PSA nine Jason Tatum silver. Um, and the last comp was nine hundred, and he was asking thirteen hundred. And I showed him the last comp. I was like, are you any wiggle room? Like, I'm, I'm trying to be as nice as possible. Like, any wiggle room, you're a little high. He was like, go find another one. Get out of here. Go find another one. If you don't like this, don't buy it. He's like, he's going to be a future MVP. They're going to the championship. Go find it. I was like, okay. I looked on eBay. I was like, here's one right here I could go buy right now. And I walked away. And you got you don't have those type of dealers. But I have encountered some like that. I did a deal at your show where I pulled out four cards from a dealer and I'm like, so I'm like, what's the best you could do on this? And then they gave me a price. And then I'm like, so I was like standing there for a second. And then they took another 50 bucks off and they're like, we'll do that. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, I can't say no, but you just keep taking money off of this deal. I'm going to like, I was going to do it at the other price. But this just sat there longer. Just if I just stood there just a minute longer, maybe they take more. <laughs> Right. It was great. And I looked later and I, and I feel like the price I got the, the card that I, I wanted was a fair price. So I didn't even, it was great. Uh, and you said something else that I thought was really important about your dealers. Cause Jeremy made a good point. He's like, which of these people know about your show? If they're going to stop, it's not just your show. And it was a really, really good point where you talked about knowing the market. If you're setting up at a show and you have no idea what the market's like and you don't ask the promoter and you don't ask the other vendors and you show up and you don't have a good show, you really have no one to blame but yourself. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's – I don't want – I want to take some of the blame for me not preparing you for what you're walking into. And I try and do that if asked. 
And I don't want to be, you know, I try not to be Sheldon Cooper and tell you my opinions on it. <laughs> you know, Jeremy, that was the reference there. Jeremy did not get. <laughs> but I've watched that show Sheldon a lot Cooper. of times, so I got them all. I'll pass them down to you. I we also need to talk about you not watching Star Wars because that's some horseshit. But, or Stranger um, Things. Or, yeah. But yeah. I want everyone to be educated. I want everyone to have a good show. I want everyone to have the vibe and have a good time and, and meet new people and interact and do all that stuff. If that's what they want to do, you know, if you're too introverted to be all happy and go lucky and just price your stuff right and still have a good time, that's fine too. But I want everybody to be successful. I want everybody to come back. I want everybody to tell all their friends and have a good time and you know i meet a hundred new people every show and i mean it's awesome i i believe you do in i i feel like you do a lot to set people up for success unfortunately i think some people just don't put in the legwork themselves and by no means are we full-time dealers <clears throat> this is truly hobby for us and we try to treat it um with the utmost respect and give it best effort and if we went to a show, we try to conduct ourselves or set up what we'd like to see at a show. So for us, there's always this obsessed with excellent sort of mentality, like, okay, we did this show. Let's recap. What what more can we do? How can we do things? That didn't work. This worked. Hey, maybe we adjust the cards that we bring. So when I hear people complain at any show, I get a little annoyed or frustrated because oftentimes there's so much more you as a vendor can do to control the outcome of your destiny but it's 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 really easy just to be lazy and be like oh the foot traffic wasn't there or whatever the case may be because we've gone to shows where the foot traffic's terrible but if we have price stuff priced to move and we're willing to engage and stand up and talk with people and act like we're excited to be there that goes a long way as opposed to being standoffish and having your stuff you know two three four five x comps or not even priced at all right and i don't think that there's there's not really any of that at the show. I think everybody is, is you know, they understand, you know, hey, I didn't bring the right stuff today. You know, everybody was looking for this guy, that guy, whoever. And I only have one table, so I'm limited in the amount of stuff that I bring. I didn't bring the right stuff. Okay. And that does happen. It just... I want everybody to, you know, have a good time. And, you know, if you're watching what's going on in the, in the sports world, you know, who's going to be hot, you know, who everybody's going to want. If you don't have those guys, then it's kind of a, a hit or miss game, but there's, there's a lot of guys that are, that really have their shit together that come and do the show and have a good time. And, and all the new people that always come, you know, they're, they're very happy with, you know, the layout and, mm-hmm. you know, the table location. I hear that sometimes, and it just comes down to if you have the right stuff and it's priced right, it doesn't matter if you're set up in the bathroom. They're going to find you. Exactly. So. Well, that's funny you said that because I went to the bathroom, and you know that little hallway? There's people yeah. doing trades. In, the, in that hallway, I was like, dang, you're right. They, they will find you and do some trades into the right. back. So You've been you know, in that stall for about 30 minutes, buddy. What do you got going on in there? You got a case? He's <laughs> like, I got to pay for these cards somehow. Exactly. <laughs> I just traded for some pizza. Leave me alone. <laughs> no, what I like, though, like you said, is the table spacing, too. You get some of these shows where you're like this, trying to walk through an aisle. Um, the spacing and like you have um, the peth- prethra, I should say. <laughs> I definitely said that wrong. And I knew Courtney was going to say something, <laughs> but you have like the big, like, okay, I don't even want to say, it, but the spacing is great. <laughs> it, it is. And that's another thing too, is the spacing is really good. And I went live and I was like walking around and there were times, even though there is plenty of room, like for people to walk three wide in between the tables, where there are so many people like doing deals and like looking, the foot traffic was so like thick that I, you know, I still couldn't even get through. And that is 
really I that's what I like to see at a show I want to see groups of people I want to see I want it to be a little hard to get through the crowds because there's so many people walking around and that was definitely the case mm-hmm. at your show I just think location too is awesome because even if you want to get out and get a breath of fresh air court how many times have we stopped gone and there's every restaurant that you could imagine within a a three to five minute drive where you can break free from the show clear your head get a get a bite to eat and then come back and spend some money or do whatever it is you got to get done well kenny and ashley stopped by from tnt stopped by our table watched us rip some cards went and got lunch came back watched us rip some more cards picked up the cards that we were ripping and took them and they spent like the whole day there but they kept going in and out they they wandered down to some of the stores in the mall and then they came back and that's like it makes it like a, a whole like an event like a whole day you can like hey i'm gonna go to the card show we're gonna go to the mall we're gonna go out to eat maybe we'll go watch cocaine bear at the theater down the road afterwards it's gonna be a good day you, you know dennis pretty much owns that mall he should he needs to get more stores in there to get more foot traffic so it could build on it but i bet you're the only foot traffic in that mall right currently it seems like which is great right <laughs> well every fourth saturday i put a few people in there that's for sure yeah so. <laughs> for sure and... well, i used to train at the gc pennies there i used to train stylists at the gc pennies there so that that place is doing okay because it was yeah. pretty busy <laughs> Dennis, let me ask you a serious let me ask you a serious question when the show wrapped up yesterday and you got done coming down from your high from all the everybody telling you how awesome you are, how great the show is, knowing that you're handsome and intelligent. Did you go to the movie theater and watch Cocaine Bear? I didn't, only because I have a 11 year old daughter. Uh, but we did talk about that today, actually, because I wanted to go to the movies. So okay, so you we, you have no right to talk about Star Wars or Stranger <laughs> Things or any of that stuff until you see Cocaine Bear. Are are you telling me the Elizabeth Banks movie Cocaine Bear is worth watching? It is absolutely it, worth watching. Really? It is so it was so fantastic. Good. I I find that so hard to believe. It was so if you like ridiculous, funny, gory movies that maybe have a little bit of a jump scare and are <clears throat> like also hilarious this is it all right i'm telling I do you like all of those things it was so ridiculously gory and like, <laughs> like i was it, I, I didn't know what to expect but it was so much more than what i was anticipating <laughs> yeah don't don't listen to anything jeremy says about like movies that are good but you can listen to courtney um, cause Jeremy has no taste in music or movies. Well, he hasn't seen Star Wars, so. Yeah, he doesn't like any of, like, the 90s comedies of he doesn't Jim like fa- He doesn't Sam like Sam fantasy Man. movies. He doesn't like sci-fi at all. Like, the, he just, he doesn't like fantasy or sci-fi. And he doesn't like, um, so, like. Keep going, keep going. What doesn't he like? He, he doesn't like a lot of stuff. But to be <laughs> fair, to be fair to Jeremy. Like those '90s, like Jim Carrey movies. Maybe the first one was funny, but these guys—they play the same character over and over and over. And after a while, it does get boring. Like, how many times can you watch Jim Carrey talk with his ass before you're like, okay, maybe get a new guy? All the time. So, what is your favorite movie of all time? That's an important question. Oh, he's gonna have a hard time doing this. It's got to be The Gentleman, right? I think The Gentleman right now would be my favorite movie of all time. Okay. It's a guy Richie flick with uh, Matthew yeah, McConaughey, Colin and then I, I, I like, yeah, yes, Colin Farrell, yeah. <clears throat> I like quit. What the hell is this? Go away, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> he eats his steak like a hockey puck. So Manuel, talk to me about the show yesterday. <laughs> you want to change what? the subject so bad? <laughs> but, I don't want to change the subject. We can talk about my steak. I eat fillet well done. I'm a man of taste. I don't want to eat a fucking raw animal. Oh, I don't care. Yeah. My favorite, my favorite movie, in case anyone is wondering, is another Ray Liotta movie, and it's uh, Goodfellas. That's my favorite movie. Yeah, <laughs> so. it's my seventh favorite movie. So that's seventh good. favorite. Good. All right. That's I mean, the top movie. ten. It's fantastic. Yeah. What's yours? Fantastic. What's your favorite movie? What's your number one favorite movie? It's Pulp Fiction and Die Hard. Oh, so Ooh, good. So, did you hear? Did you hear about um, Bruce Willis? He's yeah, he's not doing good. No, he's got dementia. That was yeah. a bummer. 
Yeah, I've had the uh, Pulp Fiction wallet as my wallet since 1994. That's awesome. That is so cool. The Pulp Fiction is my second favorite movie. It's it's an absolute masterpiece. Die Hard is my favorite Christmas movie. So I totally agree. It's the best Christmas movie. We sat our teenagers down to watch it, and they're like, "All right, guys, we're gonna watch a Christmas movie," and they're like, "Aw, come on, can't we watch something else?" And then got like a half an hour in, and like, so where's the Christmas part of this? And you're like, like it's on pay attention, head. Steven. This is Christmas. <laughs> now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. My, my, cousin, <laughs> my cousin has an ornament that says Yippie Kaye, motherfucker. And it's just, uh, it's Bruce Willis like climbing through a vent. <laughs> yeah. That sounds that's awesome. hanging on her tree. So oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, Manny, right. as Manny, yesterday, as great? we. What's, yeah, your, favorite what's movie? your favorite movie? Oh yeah, The Town. I'm a big The Town like great robbery. movie. Yeah, that's I'm a big like mobster type movie. I love those. I agree. Same. Yeah, I Obviously, love those my movies. favorite movie is Goodfellas. So. Yeah. <laughs> so Jeremy, you're just the odd duck. No, he loves gangster movie mob movies. Well, that's his yeah. the gentleman is kind of a gangster movie. It yeah, is. It's true. Okay. He he loves uh, mafia movies. Like that's probably the one thing where I think he's probably seen every single mafia movie ever made. Like that's his favorite. Mm-hmm. He likes stuff like The Kingsman and The Gentleman and what was the one with your guy Tom Hardy? Anything with Tom Hardy. He's in love with Tom Hardy. Phen- phenomenal actor. <laughs> Damn good actor right there. If Tom Hardy came to my house and he was like, "Jeremy, I'm going to take you away from all of this." Jeremy would be like, "Bye, Courtney." <laughs> So you have a hall pass for like Brad Pitt or something, and his hall pass is Tom Hardy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Am I He's, even Brad Pitt? He's too much of an alcoholic. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. That's the. I'm good. I'm good with that. I'm I'm comfortable in my own skin. <laughs> so I did want to tell you because we we for yesterday's show. Courtney bought all this equipment. We were going to plan on trying to do a live show. Then, right? <laughs> We couldn't do that with how busy it was. It's so we, busy. We need extra people because we're gonna we want to try to do a live show at the show and kind of grab like dealers or people like you know Jojo and all them to kind of do an interview of what they're buying and stuff like that, kind of yeah, informative. Sure. So that's the future. Um, but it's a good thing because we didn't have time to actually sit down and do a, a show. Um I did want to bring that up because that that's kind of what we were telling people coming up to the show we were going to do a live podcast and they're probably like where the hell is the live podcast well it was busy jeremy was buying jeremy was running off buying coming back saying i need cards i need cards i'm gonna do a trade i'm gonna do a trade he was a he kid came running up to me he's like courtney give me all the cash like literally <laughs> that's what he said he like he comes running up he's pulling cards out of the case and then he's like give me all the cash so i'm like digging through my purse i'm just like handing him like wads of cash and then he leaves and i don't see him again for a while <laughs> And then he comes back. He's your like, boy oh, was God. your boy was cooking. He's like your boy was cooking. He had a blast. He was like a kid in a candy store. Yeah, he did. At that forgot show. all about the show. No, he was doing the show. He no, no, forgot the about the podcast. Doing a live podcast. He was busy. <laughs> oh man, he tread lightly. I don't know how many times I had to tell you to please remind you to go do the social media. Your one responsibility that you were supposed to do, and you're like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm Dennis, too busy. I didn't do Dennis, it. He reminded me once, and this is after he came back for a two hours wherever he was comes back with like 10 different cards and then he's like where have you been why aren't you doing content it's fine I understand. did you lose that bid <laughs> yeah. i lost i lost <laughs> i got a notification on ebay that you got outbid and then sorry <laughs> oh god i thought that was a steal i thought i was getting it no oh, well who do you i was going for the p will and that'd be a little 101 sorry i knew i knew that was your so they they their PC, main PC, is P. Will, Patrick Williams. Who's who's your guy? Who's your guy? Well, uh, as you know, anybody who knows me uh, every single day of my life, I wear <laughs> Falcons or Braves. So, Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, which, you know, that one hurt a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ozzy Albies. So, but... All right. Well, that's got T Law now, so it's looking up. Mm-hmm. Ozzy Elbies is so underrated because of Acuna. Yeah, his stuff's free. 
Yeah. Austin it's, Riley stuff is free too. Oh yeah. yeah. Everyone just wants to <laughs> everyone wants to bank on Acuna, which he he didn't he's been injury prone the last couple of years, right? He had so, a super down year last year. Yeah. And his stuff is still ten times more than Albies. Yeah. How do you feel how do you feel about uh Dansby, Dansby Swanson leaving to the Cubs, right? Your Cubs? Yeah. I Jim? mean Dansby's great defender. His bat's decent, but for that kind of money, I mean, you can't keep everybody. And I will, I'm much happier that we kept Austin Riley. Yeah. I mean, that guy's got an absolute cannon for an arm. Mm-hmm. I wish he would change his number to 15 so he could be AR 15 because that would be amazing. That'd be sweet. But <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> You, you need to talk to his uh, marketing team. I really do. <laughs> that would be an awesome nickname, and he would sell millions of T-shirts. Yeah. Yeah. We have a question from Jacob. Says, do you does your show have any mid high end buyers who pay who buy five hundred plus? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, lot yeah. lots of them. <laughs> you have that, and you have people like you said walking around that are willing okay. to buy, like buy out tables at some point. So. Absolutely. Um, I want to buy out tables. If I can have more than five minutes to myself, I want to go around and buy out tables. You mm-hmm. know, you guys would buy out tables. I, Matt, Jojo, Brody, Braden, Eric, all, I mean, yeah, tons mm-hmm. of them. For sure. TNT, TNT's there every month walking the show, buying for the repack product, buying every BGS 9.5 and above, PSA 10, and SGC 10. As long as it's above two hundred dollars, they're buying. Yep, that's that's the only request. If TNT ever wants to set up, that you keep them as far away as from Jeremy as possible. We don't need that competition. Yeah, we don't need that comp- open wallet competition. We no, had a- battling back and forth from tables, shouting. Actually, <laughs> no, I I say I rise to that challenge. Set them right next to us. I'll be like chirping at them across the table. I'm like, you can't even pay for that one. You don't even know. They came to us first. You like apples? How do you like them apples? Yeah. <laughs> You'll start a war. <laughs> Courtney be like, they're paying at 80. We're paying at 70 or 90 here. Just get them over here. <laughs> yeah, no, Jacob, it's a, it's a good show. If you've got a couple of bigger cards, you want to move them and, uh, you know, get some cash to go play. Definitely can happen at this show. And I, I want—I forget the guy. I did a deal with him. I bought a T Law at the end of the show, like ten minutes after closing time. He had six or seven showcases of just absolute heat, absolute. And he had a couple that were, you know, mid five-figure cards. You know, just That's chilling, pretty Brian. cool to look at. Okay, he was wearing Michigan State gear. It's Brian. It's Brian. I like how you just know yeah. people. Yeah, you know exactly who he's talking about. I, you know. I'm starting to realize that the show's growing too because Jeremy, you kind of brought it up uh, initially was how you said people will come in, have one table and they bring something and it doesn't work. That happened to Jeremy and I, we brought in soccer and Jeremy and I love to like sell, buy and sell soccer. We enjoy it. The first, first show we're going to, we didn't open a case, the case of soccer. Now this show, I would say more people were interested in the soccer mm-hmm. And there's also other dealers that were willing to kind of kind of do trades with you um, with the soccer. So even the soccer market, if you're into soccer, I know I didn't bring it up, is actually growing at that show. Yep. There's I mean, there's people that ask me for, you know, magic cards, Pokemon stuff, soccer, hockey, whatever. I mean, there was a guy that set up with nothing but lacrosse cards like a couple shows ago. I remember that. Yep. I didn't even know that was a thing, but apparently it's a thing. So you learn something new every show. So I'll tell you selfishly, yesterday seeing the amount of TCG around there, I sold TCG. I saw TCG set up, and that's just because I'm starting to dabble and learn about it. And uh, might be dropping an episode this week with one bro Namath, right, Manny? Yep. All about All about TCG, but to see that at the show – to move soccer, to move baseball, football, basketball, hockey, lacrosse. I mean, it was, it was, we don't work for Avery Shoebox, so I feel like this sounds like an infomercial, but it's a, it was a great experience and a great show, whether you're set up or you're just walking it, looking to, looking to look at cool cards. It's hard not to be excited about like a show that is fun to go to, you know? Mm-hmm. 
there's so many shows where you go and it's just like ugh. so going to one where you have fun and it's fun from like the entire time you're there until you leave like to the point of you're still doing deals like after the show's over and then you and I watch all the vendors at the end like fold up their tablecloths and started breaking down the chairs everybody was pitching in you know I'm like knocking my table down and bringing my chairs up and it's so nice to see it feels like a sense of community it's not just like someone setting their cards on their dusty table and then leaving the second silver and then grumbling because they didn't sell anything everyone was like super hyped after the show yep I had the the Connor TV kid that was there who I've never heard of, but he has like a million subscribers on YouTube. So, like, okay, he had that like Pokemon hat. Yeah, on he it. had like the Magikarp hat on and all that stuff, and everybody was all excited about. It. But that kid was there like all day. He was in my shop at like six o'clock at night, like two hours after the show, and people hang out and they do deals after after the time. They sit around and trade. They come into the shop and you know, talk and hang out and, you know, Gene from Ohio came in, sat down for 45 minutes after the show just to, you know, BS around because he's like, dude, I've been too busy. I haven't been able to do anything other than, you know, make deals, which is why I came here. But, you know, I want to have some time to socialize. I love Gene. He's such a nice guy. Yeah, he. I love that dude, and his kid Nick does all Pokemon stuff. His kid is a he's super good. cool yeah. kid. Gene's an awesome dude. I give his kid one of my tables at Shipsy because no one can get a table there anymore, mm-hmm. and uh, just so they can come and do the show, and we sit around and bullshit and talk about Pokemon and sports cards and all that stuff. But they're super cool dudes, Craig and Brian. You know from the. Uh, the SC4 and all that there. I mean, there's just a ton of awesome guys that come in and they all help out. And my back always hurts after the show. And I (laughs) asked for, to solicit some people that I can hire out and put a thing on Facebook and, you know, in like three minutes and, Oh, I'll stay and help and blah. I'm like, okay, there you go. I mean, I have a 15 year old son that has no problem. Next time we'll make. I have a twenty-year-old nephew, and his ass is working. <laughs> <laughs> what? What's your? You know, there's a couple. Sorry, Manny, real quick. There's a couple of things too, like like every table being skirted. You know, the black gives it a very uniform look that I think is impressive, and then also the Wi-Fi at the mall is oh, so, so good. damn good. One thing I know Courtney, like, not really complained, but was a frustration of hers is when she was trying to do deals in Burbank, the sketchy internet when you're talking four and five figure deals becomes an issue when you're trying to make sure that you're not overpaying. And like, you know, the last week, whatever that VFW show I went to in uh, Royal Oak, absolutely no service. And so it brought everything to like a halt. The good internet at Lansing too. Jeremy's lying. I cried at Burbank because I couldn't get my internet going and I was <laughs> struggling. <laughs> and I was uh, jet lagged and overtired. <laughs> like, I called him up. I'm like, I'm having, I'm having well, the worst. Something that, I mean, every single person that buys a sports card at a show does it with their phone. Mm-hmm. They pull out their phone, they look at comps, they get on 130 point, all whatever it is that they use. And this is what it's going for. This is what I want to pay. This is what the price is, whatever. If you can't do any of that, that's a problem, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not necessarily, you know, the person who set up the problem or the buyer's problem or the promoter's problem. It's just a problem. Mm-hmm. And there's not really a lot that you can do about it, but it definitely helps when you can, you know, when you're at the national and there's a billion people on the network, I mean, you can sit there for 20 minutes and it doesn't, I mean, it's frustrating for sure. And the table skirting yesterday, I had a uh, box of about 25 of them go missing. So I didn't get all of them skirted. So I don't want to take credit for something that I fudged up yesterday, but you know, it, Mm -hmm. it's working on being resolved. Mm -hmm. So, but normally, yes, they're all done. Mm -hmm. Well, 
What's what's your future plans for the show? I know we kind of briefly talked about maybe doing like a trade trade like somewhere where we could do a trade night um, or day, midday trade midday or something because Courtney, I know Courtney is loves Courtney and the Reckless family love trade nights and it's they got me involved and it's actually really fun. Um, is there any plans on doing that or expanding or anything else for the future? I think the the show. I mean. If I can get 175 in the space that I want to keep it within, that's probably about as high as I'm going to go. Uh, we've talked about adding like a comic and Funko TCG type show, like on a separate occasion, you know, just to cater to that mm -hmm. genre of people. Um, as far as the trade night goes, if this is a show that people begin to travel for, then where they come in on Friday, they're already there, like Shipshawana. Nobody that does that show lives in Shipshawana, except for Brad. And that's it. Everybody else comes from somewhere else. So they're all there on Friday. So you can have that. You know, my show and my shop being in the dead nut middle of the state, it's pretty much an hour and a half from everything. So everybody can get up at, you know, eight o'clock in the morning, drive to the show, do the show, go home, be home the same day. Mm -hmm. So if it becomes a show that can and is traveled for that people are coming in on Friday. Sure. I would love to do that. You know, I'd do it on Saturday too. If I didn't get up at two o'clock in the morning, every Saturday that we have a show mm -hmm. and just want to pass out when it's over. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to do it. I like doing the trade night situations, but the trade nights at the shows that you have to travel for are always so much better just because all the people are already there. Mm -hmm. That's such a good point. That's a, yeah. You travel, you, you've been to Dallas and you go to other shows and you reference Shipshawana what's upcoming this weekend. Do you draw inspiration from those shows or do you go to a show and realize like, hey, I, I, I like that. I want to incorporate some form of that or oof, that's brutal. I'm, I'm not going to bring that to my show. I, I used to I used to be a general manager at Menards for like 13 years. So every time I go anywhere, I look at all the stuff I hate and I think about what I could do to improve it or how I would improve it if it was mine and the service and the way people act and, and all of those things. And Dallas is a phenomenal show. I mean, it, it just is, it's phenomenal. However, <laughs> like the two little offshoot rooms that they have that are like the kitty table, like that's rough, man. You know, if you get dealt that hand, there's, you're missing out on so much. You might have the best stuff in the world, but if you didn't make it into the big room, you're missing out on 80% of the traffic. You can only fit 50 people in those rooms, you know, besides the tables that are in there. In the main room, you've got thousands of people. And out in the lobby, you've got guys doing trades till three o'clock in the morning. And it's great. And all the people there are great. I met a bunch of awesome people. I don't like the little side rooms there, but that show is, I mean, that's the show. Is that what the side rooms? Is that where they put like the newer dealers? Is that where they go until they get to the big? If room? you, yeah, I mean, if you're not grandfathered in at this point, that's pretty much what you, you have. Go. And there's a bunch of people like, you know, sport card machines and all that stuff always does Dallas. And I went there with him and shout out to Jason Galeski. Love you. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, you know, sublet some of their tables to other people or let them share space with them. But if you end up in one of the side rooms, in my experience, you're just not very busy in there, regardless of what you have. Mm -hmm. And in the main room, and that's why I want to keep all my stuff straight down the hallway all together. I can see from one end to the other that nobody feels like they're put out on an island or separated from the community that we're trying to make there. 
And I feel that's about the only improvement that I could see being done for Dallas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we never us three. I don't, we've never been to Dallas. <laughs> kind of want to make. I'm going it, to Dallas. Oh, you are. When are you going? This month. There you go. Well, so Courtney's, month, going, yeah. Courtney's going to Dallas. Courtney's been to Culture Collision, Burbank, your show, Shipshawana. What, what am I missing? Cleveland. I go to Steve Green's Steve yeah. Greenberg show all the time. So yeah, um, Greeny's another awesome dude. I like that dude too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big Steve and little Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like Adam. Yeah. Yeah. I I like that dude. Yeah. Everyone's no, nice. We need to hit up Dallas, Jeremy, and I. Now that Courtney's going, we got to go, Jeremy. It's stupid. Like I'm like I I have like I'm both excited and like terrified because I'm going by myself. So I'm like I'm already messaging my friends that I know will be out there. I'm like, hey, if I go to Dallas, can we link up? Because I like it's so big, it feels overwhelming. Yeah, my whole goal going to Dallas when I went and I did it twice was. I just don't want to have the crappiest stuff in the room. So as long as I'm not the worst guy in here, I feel like I'm doing okay. I feel and like that at every show. Every show we go to, I'm like, I just that is the realest the feeling. I don't think we've ever discussed that. Like Courtney, you and I might have like, okay, did you look around? Okay, we don't have the shittiest stuff. Like, okay, we're <laughs> we do. we're, we're okay. And, and not that. Not that you would ever look down at somebody, but when you're the vendor, you're just like, you know that people are you look down comparing you to others. You're like, yes. I need to step my game up. This is embarrassing. I can't yeah. handle this. I'll, uh, the, and, most, the most like worst feeling, I think, that I ever had in my collecting experience was one year, Jeremy and I went to the National, and we had brought like our Zion case and we had like really good cards. Well, I thought they were really good cards and there was, it was like trade night. And so we're setting up and we're like, Oh, you know, all excited. And like four, like, I don't know, between 10 and 14 year old boys came by independent of one another. And like, they flipped through our Zion case and like, eh, pass four in a row. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, these children think we have bad cards or our cards terrible. <laughs> What is happening to me? Why do I care what these children think? <laughs> yeah. When you first walk into Dallas into the big room and like the 20 tables that are right in the front there, like you walk in and there's like, you know, NT logo man, Ja next to an NT logo man, Luca and all this stuff. I'm like, yep, I have the worst shit here for sure. <laughs> so what I'm understanding <laughs> from you is that I need to make my way around to the, like the side rooms. A hundred percent. Get your confidence up. You know, that's the side rooms is where you put your makeup <laughs> on and get all pretty. And then you go into the big room and then, you know, it's, you know, ass shaking time. That's, that's where the magic happens is in the big room. <laughs> but it's funny. That's funny that you said that because I've never told like J- Jeremy this, but I would get, I would have cards for sale and I would walk the show. In Lansing, and I would always come up to you and ask if you want it, if you're looking to buy, and you're always looking to buy. If you you have a certain way, if you like a card, you'll hold it for a little bit, and you're like you're thinking about buying it. But sometimes, Dennis, you'll grab the card and be like, "Nope, not looking to buy it." And I'm like, "Shit, I have bad cards today." <laughs> <laughs> I've never said it to you. Here's a here's a tip too. It's happened to me that when I try to buy, if I don't know you and yeah. you come up, I'll pick. Whether I want it or not, I'll pick one card out of your box yeah. and ask you what you're looking for that I know what the value is like today. Oh, yeah. And like this is a $200 card. Well, you know, I'm looking for about $350. All right. Well, we're done here. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm good. I'm I didn't even make it. To, I didn't make it to like that. That's no brilliant. That's a brilliant it. technique. Yeah. Jeremy's well, I, thing is when he doesn't want to trade with somebody, he acts busy and then sends them through me first. So then I look at their cards and I know what we're trading for. Like, I, I don't like to trade. That's not my, I'm more of a, like, I'll just buy it from you kind of gal. But I know what we're looking for. So I always have to be the buffer. I'm like, oh no, these are really great, but we're going to pass. And you know, like, ah, oh, this isn't what we're looking for. And guys then if, if someone, news better from women. I think so. <laughs> I think so. And so then if they're, if they have some stuff that I think might work, 
I'll like I'll take the card and I'll show it to him and then he'll like give me the look and I'm like oh we're gonna pass or then I'm like yeah you know what just form a line right there he's trading he's doing the deal right now he'll be right with you <laughs> so it's like we have this like silent way we yep. work so if you come up and you get sent to me first you might be in trouble because I'm probably going to tell you no. <laughs> yep. That's funny. That's funny because Dennis does that to his nephew. I had to go talk to his nephew once about selling and I had to wait there until he was done. And then his nephew went, you want this? No. Nope. I didn't even make it to the part of you asking me um, what the price is. It was just, a- <laughs> no. <laughs> oh no. It's that like American Idol. Shows. You must have brought around like a real little box. Yeah, it was. It was, I remember. I remember one that I brought that you actually were interested. It was a Juan Soto auto out of like ten, and it was like PSA like nine. It was like pop one, and we were trying to figure out a price. And I, I straight up told you, I was like, I have no idea. Like, <laughs> I don't like you could, you could say it's a two hundred dollar card, or you could say it's an eight hundred dollar card. And we were kind of saying that, and you're like, just because there's no sales, you pass. So that was like one that you're like, you wanted it, but you just didn't. We didn't know a comp, you know on it but yeah. there's and i mean like, i would much rather i would much rather pass on a card unless it was something that i really wanted for myself like if it was a ridley i would have been like look this is what i'll pay just because it's never gonna get sold okay but i would rather pass on a card than end up hosing somebody you know and i don't pay 90 percent comps i'm not gonna lie i do this for a living i try to make money but I'm going to tell you what I think the card's worth and what I'll pay you. And if that works for you, then great. And if it doesn't, that's cool too. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings and you're definitely not going to hurt mine. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I want everybody to have a good experience and be happy and enjoy what they're doing. That's such a good attitude to have because a lot of people don't, you know, when you're on the other side of the table, I find that I like buying cards better as a dealer than I do walking a show because I feel like the, like for me, such as I feel like the power dynamic shifts where I feel like, you know, I see someone, a dealer with a card and I'm like, this card is like quadruple, like what it's worth. And then, so you start having a conversation with the dealer and like, I can tell whether or not they're going to like move on that card or not. And then I'll just move on. But if somebody comes up to my table and they're trying to sell me a card, I feel like I have a little bit more like room to have these conversations where like I'm not going to try and like negotiate a price down on somebody's card if that's their card and that's where they're at at it, you know? Yep. I debated on. So I I had. Go ahead. Go ahead, man. I said I debated at the arc when we're setting up to just put we're buying at this percentage because I feel like that's the best. Like if people are coming up. They know what percentage you're buying at. Um, if it was like a common card that's easy to move type deal, that I feel like that would be easier. And there's a lot of maybe, people maybe that I've never that tried to advertise like, hey, you know, or they bring a box from like, hey, I'm buying at 75% or 65 or 85 or whatever yeah. it is. And then you know right away, like, oh, all right, well, you know, I'm looking for more than that or you know, if you're looking for more than 85%, then you need to get a table. Uh, but, yes. you know, because nobody's buying at anything over that. Nobody's going to pay full price if they're a dealer. That is something that I think everyone who's coming into this hobby, we should say it over and over and over. If you're going to a dealer's table and you're trying to sell a card, you're never going to get 100% of comps. And you're definitely not going to get over comps. So never. if you want to sell a card like that, put it on a platform an auction house, eBay, PWCC, Golden, wherever you choose, or set up a table and and, and have it like that because no dealer, <laughs> unless you have some insanely rare card that we'll never see again. Patrick, Patrick P. Will or Austin Riley. Yeah, <laughs> we're just yeah. not. I mean, nobody and everybody 100%. knows who their guy is. Mm-hmm. You know, would I pay over comps for an Ozzy Albies, you know, Tops 2018 black number one of 67. Probably <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> There's not a lot, yeah. So, so I want to just there, there was a bad apple yesterday, and I, I'm going to chalk it up to ignorance and not knowing how to act at a card show. But he came up early in the show and he bought a card from us and then ran over like 20 minutes later to tell me. <laughs> you guys have your stuff so underpriced. Now I got it. And I was like, 
and I had explained to him earlier, like there is no like real magic to what we do. Our recipe is buy in bulk in the off season. And that way, when it comes time to sell, it just makes it really easy. We don't, we try to haggle as little as possible. I would say like 90% of the cards that we have available for sale are like that. So I was like, cool, man. I'm glad if you can make, if you can make money too, everybody wins because if we sold it at a price that that's good. Explain it to him again later in the day before the end of the show, he bought another card and then came back like 10 minutes later. Like, and, and I'm, I'm chalking this up to maybe just not knowing better or maybe his delivery was off, but I was able to sell it for this much more than what I paid for. And again, I was like, yeah, but I only paid like 50% of that. So like, I still made my money, but don't be that guy. Sure. Don't be that guy. <laughs> and the buy-in in bulk, like in the off season is so underrated it's, I mean, it's like 101. Mm-hmm. Like, whoever you think is going to absolutely dominate football next year, you should be buying the shit out of them right now. Agreed. But everybody now has moved on to baseball. Everybody. And now is the worst time to buy baseball. And the only worst time to buy baseball is in October. That's if you buy a baseball card in October, you should be banned from buying cards for at least. <laughs> my favorite thing is when Jeremy takes. Hold on, unless you're, buy, unless you're buying my cards. If you're buying my cards, please continue to buy. <laughs> I I just I don't understand. Like Jeremy Pena, you know when his stuff like went to the moon because he, look the kid's great, and he may end up being the greatest. He's not going to be Babe Ruth, but, you know, whatever. But if you're buying that dude in the middle of the playoff run, you're getting, you are preparing to go down hard. Mm-hmm. Period. People just get so hyped about the player. You know, they're like, oh, he's doing so good. His prices are just going to keep going up. No, they're just, they're not. Right. And you're going right. to be really Aaron sad Rogers, about this. Aaron Judge is going to hit 62 home runs. Uh huh. And then what? <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. then this is going to happen immediately. The second he hits the home run, it's too late. We had that same conversation about Cam Thomas recently because they're like, we got to buy now because he's going to be the next Kobe Bryant. I'm like, he's, you know, how much his went up for scoring like 40 points in like three games? Like, chill, right. don't buy now. Wait. <laughs> right. It's Jeremy Lynn 20 years later. Exactly. <laughs> Like, I mean, I watched Jeremy Lynn because I'm the oldest guy on here by a long shot, I'm sure. <laughs> and I watched him and I watched his NT go for like 28 grand like that day on eBay. And I'm like, whoever this dude is, I want to sell him every card I own because this is insane. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw one of those sell like a couple months ago. And it was like 200 bucks. Like, you can't possibly win. You know, for every Luca, when he came out and his stuff was fairly cheap and then went to the, there's a thousand that don't. You're, you're right. I'm, it's well I think said. There's just so many new people in the hobby and they see someone doing well and they're like, I need this card. And that's it. And that's why Jeremy talks about it and Manny, we talk about it all the time. It's like educating yourself in the space is so important because if you're new to a space and you're out there just like emotional buying everything because you like the player, he had a good game, you're going to regret it and then you're going to leave the space because you're going to just consistently lose money all the time on everything you buy. But there's a million people. It's keeping up with the Joneses. It's keeping up with the Joneses hobby style. Sorry, Dennis, go ahead. I'll shut up. I should never overtalk you. There's there's a million people in this hobby, though, that want to help you. You know, that genuinely want you to succeed, to buy the right guys, and want to help you out. And if you like Jeremy Pena or you like whoever, that's great. But there's a time frame to buy that person, you know. 
I had a whole conversation with somebody today about a product that they didn't know anything about, that they ripped a bunch of it, and now they didn't know what to do with it. And I gave them my advice on how I would handle this. And they did the exact opposite of what I said. So I'm like, well, we'll see how that pans out for you. Right. Hopefully it goes well, but I don't think it's going right. to. I'm pretty sure this is going to go bad. I'm like, you're making all of the mistakes that I made when I was new in the hobby and like didn't know any better. And I'm trying to tell you not to do this. Right. But- and I'm not telling these people this because I'm a know-it-all and you should do what I'm saying. I'm trying to keep you from falling in the 937 manholes that I've fallen in. Yes. For doing the same thing. Yes, exactly. I'm like, I, you're doing the exact same thing that I did, you know, a decade ago. So just listen, I'm telling you this out of the kindness of my heart. Like the, your process that you're going through right now is the opposite of what you want to do. And then they're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And then they, they call me later and they're like, so yeah, I did everything you told me not to do. I'm like, okay, well, good luck with that, I guess. <laughs> Godspeed. <laughs> I, I tell you, I tried. <laughs> so, Dennis, when's the next show? March 25th. March 25th. Wonderful. That's awesome. We can definitely go to that one, too. Yeah, we'll be going to that one. That's right before we leave for Mint. Yeah, so we'll do the Avery Shoebox and then the Mint. Mm-hmm. I'll, be, I'll do Dallas. Or Shipshawana, Dallas. Avery's Mint National. And then probably another Chip Shawana and Avery's in between those things too. <laughs> Maybe two. I don't know. <laughs> There's so many shows. Dennis, where can the fine people follow you? Uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook, eBay, everywhere. It's all Avery's underscore shoebox pretty much everywhere. Mm-hmm. I'll make sure we link that in the uh, show notes too, so they sure. can easily find that for you. Cool. We appreciate it. I know you said your back hurts. You've been up since two o'clock in the morning. Uh, you had to help carry the show because Manny brought absolutely nothing tonight. I found him to be low energy and not very. <laughs> I had to carry all Manny's trash out of pizza boxes and donuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's messed up, Jeremy. <laughs> we do appreciate you. Thank you for coming on. Um, we will be at next show. The next show, we'll try to do the live. We need to bring some more recruits to help us in the uh, buying and selling out of the table so we get, we're able to do the podcast. But that's the plan. Um, thank you for having us. Um, is there anything you want to say before we, before we go? No, you guys are awesome. I enjoy having you, and you bring a lot to the hobby, and don't let anybody give you any shit about it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. With that, I hope you guys enjoyed your hobby release and we'll talk soon. Peace. Mm